fuck it. This is what I do. I play Dungeons and Dragons. I play video games. This is what I am, who I am. And I have the resources and the access now to inject that into popular culture and make it the mainstream. So you don't have to be somebody who's ashamed of what you're into and your, your interests. You can, you know, share it with people. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friends. Cheers. Hell yes. A little pen gold for uh, for your soul. That award-winning, mighty tasty. It is award-winning. The world-famous beer. That's how I sold it. I was like, this is award-winning. Yes. So I'm sitting here today with, um, I don't know if the, if the two of you are necessarily award-winning human beings, but I feel like you're pretty all right human beings. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know who I'm sitting next to, I am sitting next to directly to my left, my boy Wiz and Colt 45 of the Pittsburgh, blah, 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 Pittsburgh Retro Gaming <laughs> Community. Community. Make yeah. some noise for the internet. <laughs> Those of you that are a little bit smarter probably know that me and Colt are also in Grey Walker together. And. To be completely honest, I hope that nobody out there has ever seen Wiz outside of PRG because it was probably in a really negative situation. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. We won't got to get into your personal life, but if you know, you know, boy. <laughs> so PRG, Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Community. Let's talk about it. What's up with that, you fucking nerds? Well, you want to start from the beginning? No, just like, what is it? You don't got to start from the beginning, but what exactly do you do? Uh, well, we facilitate uh, lots of retro gaming goodness in the Pittsburgh community. Yeah. Whether it be video game or board game related. Yep. Tabletop, everything. Yeah. When we say retro gaming, we mean all the way back. Yeah. And you have a community that's like, you know, based on, you know, social media platforms and you occasionally host like conventions events mm -hmm. conventions yeah. and like random events at different places sure. like that we call them meetups Ooh, meetups we're not we're not it's just a way for us to bring the online community into a actually talking to each other in a real life situation yeah, nerds have a tendency to cloister you know so the the theory is get them out into social spaces with each other where they can meet other people with common interests you know and do things I feel you 100%, and it's so similar to the local music community and local <laughs> arts, but the funny thing about it is that you have these conventions for people that are you know, into video games and stuff to get together and hang out and talk, and they probably do. And it's very similar to like how you have local shows. It's like you know, for these bands to get together and meet up and talk, but a large chunk of the time, it doesn't fucking happen. Everybody just stays antisocial. Everybody just kind of like does their own thing and then fucks off. Yeah. It's like the only time you, I feel like I'm ever in a situation playing a local show and I have other people in bands that talk to me. It's because like there's literally nobody else in the room to talk to. It's like you feel like you'll have this show where it's like, oh, it's a Friday night. We're playing at the Smiling Moose. Everybody just brought their girlfriends and their wives or their boyfriends or husband, whatever you're, whatever, whatever, whoever you're fucking, you bring them to the show <laughs> and you you hang out with them and then you don't fucking talk to anybody. Yeah, that's accurate. It's just funny how like the world works like yeah. that. But obviously with, I feel like with the retro gaming stuff, it actually clicks a lot better in some ways whenever you bring everybody together. Because there's a desire to be social in there, but with the retro stuff, whether it be tabletop or video game, there's not really an online component. So you don't have that 10 year old talking smack on your mom on, you know, the online gaming, but you're also not really engaging anybody either sitting in your house playing Mega Man for like the umpteenth time. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, it's a solo experience, but it doesn't have to be. And so that's kind of what we, we brought 
whenever we conceived the notion of starting this community was let's create a space where people can share these things where whether it be their latest collection edition their latest session that they might have played in dungeons and dragons or their latest high score speed run all those things that are very social things but for some reason don't become social things and uh that that is a lot of what gets talked about within our community and what we try to foster and also try to kind of introduce people to maybe an aspect of their hobby or something hobby adjacent that they've never experienced before. Like if you've only played Nintendo games or video games, but you never played Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons, you might get an opportunity to get exposed to that through this. Yeah, I, I it's like I've always been somebody that has been super interested into all of these things. You know, I play in Magic the Gathering a large part of my adolescence. Video games are a huge part of my youth. Comic books, cartoons, movies, all that shit. And, you know, obviously as you go through high school, you have friends that are into it and people start to fall off. And then eventually you become, you know, you're in your thirties and it's like one of these things where it's like, who the fuck do I hang out with? Am I even like supposed to like this stuff anymore? Right. And that's a stupid question to ask yourself. It's like, you like what you like. And yeah. it, there's a whole nother conversation to be had about like how interesting our generation is. And I feel like a lot of it is like this, the star Wars thing. Where I feel like Star Wars is the first time in humanity where like there's this thing where like pop culture is really affecting the way that adults act and think. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not smart enough to have this conversation, <laughs> but I feel like there's a huge line that could be drawn between like how I guess just like irresponsible a lot of people in our age range are and video games and pop culture in general i don't want to like point the finger at any of this stuff and i love all this stuff trust me i'm just as irresponsible as anybody is i'm talking shit about right now but like think about it well like, i understand when your parents are like this is not good for you but then you got people like us who are like no it's fine we're stand-up fine we're, society we're good together it's fine we're doing yeah. things no i think a lot of people have their shit together and but it's just it's such an interesting thing because this is the first time in you know our lifetime that I'm aware of where people hold these values to something as strong as a Mega Man or a Star Wars where you know it's like this is something that I loved and I'm passing down this thing to my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about like parents in the 50s. Like were they was it like super culturally relevant for them to pass down a pulp culture thing down to their children not even a little well bit. it's kind of like with with our parents generation comic books were like the thing like what are you wasting your time on that for you know but even comic books were initially geared towards adults like wonder woman was a huge like you know like rag basically initially you know and it kind of like morphed into something else and i think what we're seeing is our generation especially we're in an interesting space where we have kind of our foot in both realms with like the generation that's following us and the generation that preceded sure, us Sure, that they call it um i know like uh, the gap generation well basically. i think that like there's i read an article recently about the uh like how like a lot of the the generation x people have kind of been forgotten between like the boomers and the millennials mm -hmm. if you want to have that conversation where like we're in that in between it's an interesting place to be because i feel like we see both sides of everything and it's really easy for me to put, pin a lot of our fuck-ups on things like oh you know the fact that stuff that i love like movies and music and video games and just entertainment in general became so much more important culturally than it ever was in like the first half of the century for sure. from like 1950 on it completely changed and like we have to deal with figuring out how to balance those yeah. things out in a healthy way and i think a big part of that too is like all the stuff that was supposedly taboo and that made you sort of like an outcast as you know when we were kids when we were adolescents um we've brought those into the mainstream now 
like if you think about it, like when when I was a kid, I didn't go around telling everybody that my one of my favorite films was the animated Tolkien films, but now Tolkien's pop culture. You yeah, know? I mean, you have all the films that he's made and everything that's inspired by it. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is going through a massive resurgence right now. It's, it's like almost a renaissance. It's kind of weird, right? Like, well, it's like, because we didn't leave the things behind that we loved. And then once we were in a position of comfort where we were kind of like secure with who we were, we're like, fuck it. This is what I do. I play Dungeons and Dragons. I play video games. This is what I am, who I am. And I have the resources and the access now to inject that into popular culture and make it the mainstream. So you don't have to be somebody who's ashamed of what you're into and your, your interests. You can, you know, share it with people. Like my kids, like when I, when I started playing tabletop gaming with my kids, I'm like, they're not good. Like the last thing I want to do is have them go to school and have them tell their friends, Oh, we play Dungeons and Dragons with my dad, <laughs> but they did. And they're like, hey, dad, you know, like a bunch of my friends play Dungeons and Dragons with their dad. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we fucking arrived. We've we've arrived, you know, and we're the ones now in the position of like calling the shots. And if we say it's acceptable, then it's acceptable. Then it's acceptable. Exactly. We say it's just interesting living in this time where you have people that are in their mid 30s, 40s that are having these like heated arguments about <laughs> pop culture things when it's like we should probably really be doing better things with our time you're like that, i don't like this guy because he doesn't like star yeah, wars not that i don't <laughs> value these things but like the amount of the amount of value that a lot of people in our age demographic are still putting on to things such as a star wars or a video game and maybe not so much into things like careers and family which you know that's a conversation that i could have with the both of you because both of you are fathers both of you have careers both of you are like reasonably functional adults you reasonably. know reasonably. with your with you don't have flaws that are any different than normal human beings sure. but you're also like you know well-adjusted normal people not saying that if you don't have kids or a job that you're not a normal human being but you know for people that if you're in your late 30s 40s like that's kind of like a, a normal thing yeah but i think there is a huge demographic of people that's just going to be like all pop culture all the time and they're never going to grow up probably like it's hard to yeah. argue and they have our, a large voice it's hard it's hard to argue regardless of how much we love this shit that there is a demographic of people that like for the first time like in our lifetime that are refusing to grow up and they have the comfort, like they're able to do it because of the society that's in place. You're actually able to not grow up. You can oh, absolutely. There forever. And you it's can, wild. But if you think about like <laughs> the 30s and the 40s, you couldn't just not grow up. Like you fucking had to. That wasn't yeah. a choice. It's so interesting. And this is a really counterproductive conversation to have with probably a bunch of nerds that are watching this right now. <laughs> but I just like something that I'm thinking about. And I'm just like, I'm always like thinking about my in my brain because again, like I don't have like a super stable career. I'm not a father. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life right now. Like I just fucking play in a band and like I have podcasts and I do art and all this shit and I'm into all this weird stuff, but I'm not getting any younger. And it's always like this thing where it's like, like, I don't know. You think about humanity as a whole over the course of life and like, you know, is am I here to just be selfish and do what I want to do or am I supposed to contribute to life as a whole sounds like a plot to an rpg i haven't played yet. i have no fucking idea dude. <laughs> that's, that's, i have that's no deep. idea yeah it's deep i'm thinking about it a lot i mean i'm only 34 i'm kind of young valid, to some people but i'm also old to some other people but it's just like where the fuck am i it's like it's one thing where like you know six years ago you know what i mean i was 28 years old and it's like ah whatever but now i think it's six years i'm gonna be 40 and that six years is not gonna take that long it's gonna I'll tell you what, though, before I had my first kid, I was kind of like, whatever, you know, like it wasn't until I had like that ticking metronome in front of me where, oh, they're another year older. Huh, they're another year older, you know, and like until I had that, like, I don't think I really perceived my progress in this life the same way. I was kind of like content to just, yeah, I had started my career, but I was still contentious to dick around playing video games and doing whatever, you know? Um, so, I mean, 
I still just sit around and play video and games. And I suppose, like, but I, not as much. Now I got <laughs> soccer practice and dance I mean, practice. And the other <laughs> thing too, it's like it's really easy to like romanticize or just not fully understand how like certain demographics of life were before you existed. And I'm sure that like anybody in the 30s, 40s, 50s had their own ways of fucking off and doing bullshit. You know what I well, mean? Well, I actually think we're one of the last generations that will have more in common with our parents childhood than we will ever have in common with our kids childhood sure it's so different now i mean with social media and the technology the way it is i mean like i encourage my kids to go out and play with the other kids in the neighborhood and they're like dad there there are other kids in the neighborhood but there's nobody out playing like they just don't do that anymore i feel like in the 30s like before video games like probably what people did for fun was like lithium and adultery right opium and shit yeah (laughs) right yeah Yeah. like i don't fucking know what people did so i'm sure that like you know the mario brothers is a little bit better than the opium but again with all of that being said like i i love video games um i have a, a i owe video games a lot to like in terms of like who i became as a person in my life because i grew up i was an only child I didn't have a whole lot of friends in grade school, if any. So it was very much like, you know, uh, I had like, you know, music and video games. Those were like the two things that I loved when I was a kid. Same. And now, you know, I don't, I'm not a big gamer anymore. I try to keep up with stuff um, just because I'm interested in it. But like for the most part, most people that know me probably know I do a lot of music. Yeah. I, you <laughs> know, I had actually fallen out of gaming myself too um, until. Until what what got me back into it, at least the retro stuff, was again was my kids. I feel like I'm always talking about my kids, but it's really true. I mean, it becomes a big, they become a big part of your life. And I was sitting there, and I think I was like tinkering around with something, probably like a Call of Duty or something. And my oldest, um, at the time, she was pretty young. I think she was four. I'm like, I'm not going to play this in front of my four year old. So I popped in a uh, modded Xbox that had all these old games on it. And one of the games, first game I popped up was classic Super Mario Brothers. And at four years old, I, she, her eyes lit up. She was glued to the TV. And I'm like, oh, there's something going on here. Yeah. So I asked her if she wanted to play. The, the big controller was way too big for her hands. I'm like, I bet I have my Nintendo around somewhere. So I dug it out, popped the cartridge in it, fired right up. And I put it that original controller in her hand. And it was perfect. And she, it just clicked. And she loved it. And that that sucked me back in, her enthusiasm. Um, up until that point, I hadn't been playing Dungeons & Dragons. I hadn't been playing really video games very much. I'd just been working and you know doing whatever I was doing. But um, not playing games. But being able to share that with her um, and then eventually her siblings um, really, really pulled me in. And I developed like a whole new appreciation for the medium and started to like really view it more as like an art form. You know, um, the pixels and how they how they would use the pixel art and everything like that and how they would integrate the music and you know, game design and story and how, you know, like the old adage goes, sometimes limitations in art actually drive you to success, excel a little bit. And I kind of feel like that's what was going on when those games were developed. They were very, very limited in what they could accomplish. And it really made them achieve some really interesting things. And I hadn't appreciated that when I was, when it was current culture and I was playing those games, but now revisiting them, it was really, really interesting for, to me to be like, wow, I'm really amazed that they were able to pull this off with the technology they had at their disposal. And I just saw it through a whole new lens. Um, and at least for me, that's what draw, drew me back into it and kind of like fueled this whole exploration of trying to seek out new games that I'd never played before in that of that timeline and there was tons of consoles that i hadn't ever even really experienced yeah so yeah the internet's really cool in terms of just like being able to access that information and find out about so much stuff i feel like it's like it's not uncommon to be like oh old video game systems you know nintendo sega genesis atari and then you know then you you really start digging in and you're like, what the fuck is a Fairchild? You know <laughs> yeah, what I right? mean? Like, why do I know about this now? 
but it's so funny because like you know i know me and colt's like reintroduction into this whole world is pretty similar which was probably through youtube Mm -hmm. and it was just one of those things where it's like i still i like i enjoy this part of my past and i don't have a whole lot of time to engage with it but like i could sit around with my friends and like drink some beers and watch somebody be an asshole so like james rolf angry video game nerd yeah i remember that was a huge thing i remember binge watching like three yeah. seasons or two or whatever yeah. whatever he had we just sat and watched it for yeah. hours yeah i remember that was a huge thing back whenever um you know before gray walker me and colt played in a band together called ascend the fallen and uh these were less responsible times. I was in my earlier twenties, and I remember, to say the like, least, I remember like when we recorded our album. I pretty much like was living out of yeah. your house. I like mm-hmm. brought all my recording stuff to your house. It was like so, a month, so, yeah, yeah, so we could record that album. But I remember like in that time frame, it was like you know we would record and you know fucking I don't know, eat ramen and pizza and watch angry video game nerd pretty like much that was like yeah. that whole fucking yeah. chunk dude and that was i i, I was a, that was a whole lot of fun and that like kind of like <laughs> sparked a lot of stuff because it definitely sparked those stuff. early angry video game nerd episodes like he was talking about a lot of shit that like we like vaguely knew about but like you weren't like super familiar with it's like oh i played tmnt for nintendo and i yeah. remember that fucking part sucked real bad the the early angry video game nerd episode that always sticks with me the most is the power glove one because I didn't know anybody that fucking had one, but I always knew that there, it was a thing. There was a reason why nobody had them because they were <laughs> junk and they're still junk to this day. All they are is cool eye candy to have on your shelf, you know, but not functional at all. So he did land the uh, Top Gun plane with it. So. Or was that creative editing? Uh, maybe I would like to think that he was honest, but you never know. I don't think he was honest at all. <laughs> I think it was absolutely editing. <laughs> it's very possible. So, you know, steering this conversation into something that's super focused on the both of you. What is coming up, if anything, right now for the two of you? Do you have any like cool events or anything coming up that you would like to plug? We have uh, our Import Gamer Holiday, which would be our second time, part two, part two, uh, which is uh, a friend of ours named Matt Hurst. Matt Hurst Hurst from Japan. Well, he's from Pittsburgh originally. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He went to Japan. He's lived over there for a number of years. Two years ago, Hmm? out of nowhere, he's like, hey, I know that you guys do this thing. And I have access to a lot of uh, games. Yeah, right. All these Japanese import games. And typically getting a hold of Japanese import games, you either know a shop or you're willing to go online and pay the fees for the shipping. Ship them all. Yeah, right. So he offered to come back to Pittsburgh for the holiday season and to bring a bunch of import games and kind of do like a I don't even know like what you would call it, like a miss, like a potluck. Of he games. just wanted to help out us by bringing games back, offering us, offering us those import games without paying the shipping and the fees and stuff like that. Right. So they, not, not paying the eBay markup yeah. on the price on the game. So and, it's just kind of, he wanted a way to be able to help people out and help people get these import games that you can't get over here easily. And, uh, you know, put them online and said, hey, these are what I can get. Or is there something specifically you want? I can try to get that. Yep. And then uh, we did like a meetup at uh, Retrograde Collectibles. In Castle Shannon. And uh, shout out to our boy Alex. Everybody that ordered ga- ordered games off of him got their games. And there's a lot of extra stuff. And we just used that as a way to do a, a meetup like we normally do. And uh, play some games and just kind of hang out. Yeah, Either order pizza, talk about games, buy, sell, trade, right? Just have a good time. So Holiday. we're we're gonna do it again this year. <clears throat> um, he reached out to us again, and he said he's coming back, and it's going to be December twenty eighth again at Retrograde Collectibles. Uh, we're still kind of trying to hammer out the times because with his travel schedule and everything, uh, that's a little bit up in the air. But uh, 
we'll have all those details on our social media. But it is uh, December 28th. Yes, December 28th on the Saturday. Time, it'll be in the evening Christmas sometime, I'm sure. But the specific date is not yet available. Is, when is this coming out, Brian? No, it's know? the 28th for sure. No, I'm just asking when the podcast is coming out. Not till after that. This... I just literally put a note on my phone that says release PRG episode before 1228. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, but yeah. <laughs> 1227. Yeah, right. The day of midnight. <laughs> like at 1159. This will go up at 1228 at 6.52 p.m. <laughs> <clears throat> But no, it was cool. Like he brought like a bunch of games that a lot of people had never seen. They always wanted to play. I managed to get my hands on a copy of Final Fight Guy complete in box because of him, which is oh awesome. insane. I mean, the cartridge in uh, Japan, if you just get the cartridge, it's a common game, 12 bucks. But if you get it with like the box and all the inserts, it jacks the value of the game up to over $300. And that game in America? Oh, my God. Oh, well, the American version yeah. is worth heck of a lot more than yeah, that. way um, more and that was the game that i played as a kid going to giant eagle or eagle video as a kid renting super nintendo games i always rented final fight guy I, 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 I will argue that all of those fucking like yinzer language t-shirts that you know they have to have a, all the like the yinzer language they all need eagle video, video on them. oh sure. my god but it was actually called eagle video it was that's the fucking that's thing how it was spelled yeah <laughs> i've had my advantage card since eagle video <laughs> just saying i have two actually i have two um that was the only reason why i got it was so i yeah. could rent movies and buy used yeah. games at a discount yep. um but yeah, that was the game that I rented all the time because regular Final Fight made you play as Cody, and Cody was lame. So I always got Final Fight Guy, and that's super uncommon now. Apparently, that was like a rental-only game, sort of like uh, Hagane and other titles like that. That the only way you could get them was or play them was by renting. Whereas in Japan, it was a standard release. So um, to be able to get my hands on that at a fraction of a fraction. Of the price, yeah, it's a great opportunity. So one thing that I'm actually curious to talk with both of you about, because this is something that I've been having a lot of self-reflection on recently, um, and just putting this very bluntly, is self-reflection on how much unnecessary bullshit I have. <laughs> um, and I know, um, Colt, you've dealt with your demons of unnecessary bullshit and because of unfortunate circumstances. But Wiz, how are you dealing with just like consuming, like just buying these things? Because it's awesome to have these things. It is. But like how much does it really matter to you? It's something that I have to battle with in terms of like my like records and toys and things like that. I mean, on my hierarchy of material possessions, it's, they're up there. Um, you know, it's tough because I'm trying to juggle like three hobbies at once. I'm juggling retro video games, and that in itself is like a monster because what console do you play for? I'm juggling Dungeons and Dragons, which is a whole other issue with books and accessories and miniatures, and then arcade cabinets on top of that. And you you have to set parameters unless you've got like unlimited space and resources. I don't. For arcade cabinets, like, yeah, you got to be a, a real cunt to be able to have a lot of space for those. Yeah, I have four. Or I have three, and I'm maxed. What like, three do you have? I have my my gem. My 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 probably my crowning uh, piece of my collection is my 1981 Galaga cabinet. <gasps> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got 1981 Galaga cabinet original, all stock. I've got a uh, Neo Geo four slot big red cabinet, <gasps> and I've got a uh, um, twenty year reunion Namco cab with uh, Miss Pac Man, Galaga, and Pac Man. And those are my three. And <gasps> <laughs> they, that covers it for me. Um, I am eyeballing the one up arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cab oh, simply yeah. because it doesn't weigh a metric ton. 
And yeah. it's like a third of the price of the actual cabinet. Yeah, those were super cheap on Black Friday, and I was trying to hunt one down. Yeah. I looked at a couple places, couldn't find one, gave up. I don't give a shit. I don't need it, right. but I would love to have it. That's one of those things like, where I kind of wait. Literally, the only chance that I would fucking have to play it was like if we did this at my house with you two. Right. Like nobody else I know you is it like, a band practice. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll buy it and just bring it. <laughs> well, the nice thing about the one, up, the one up arcades are small enough that you could throw them in the back of a minivan. Yeah, you know, like with like one person could do it. It's not like an actual cabinet where when I move my Neo Geo or any of the other ones, I need somebody like almost a, died. A crew. Almost died. I almost died. <laughs> you almost I just died. don't want to like move all that shit around. You know? Oh, I paid movers the last time I moved. I only had one arcade cabinet. And because of that one arcade cabinet, I paid movers because I didn't want to move it. I will say this. This is a thought that it has had. I wonder, I feel personally, having the access that we have now, there's this thing where it's a little bit different for the two of you because you also have responsibilities outside of all of this, like, fun collecting fun and stuff. buying and stuff. But for me, it's like, you know, I don't have any school debt i don't have kids i don't own a home i don't own a car i don't you know i don't own anything you know like i'm pretty like i my financial responsibilities are pretty minimal but like i make enough money to keep myself afloat so i'm able to like spend money on bullshit if i want to but there's a part of me where like things kind of get devalued when it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have access to any album that I ever want to listen to. I have access to any song that I ever want to listen to. I have access to any video game that I ever want to play, any comic book I ever want yeah, to read. Absolutely. You get this access and then it's like made me stop caring about it so much because there's something about that, like that hunt for it. But like once you have the ability to like literally just access anything that you want whether it's actually having a physical copy of it or like even thanks to the internet you know what i mean or one of these uh like i could buy a fucking you know one of those mini genesis's now and i can have literally anything that i ever gave a fuck about on the console on yeah. a fucking 60 dollar piece of hardware absolutely it's um, like, and then all of a sudden it's like well i don't know how much i care now because that's why i, I only have, have the legitimate arcade cabinets because you could get you could build a main cabinet and have a metric ton of games on there running from arcade to home console. But I had that same experience with like modded consoles. You have all these games on there and then you sit down to play something and you're like, oh, I really don't care. I can just switch right now. Uh, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you have the physical one, I only got 10 games to play. Well, I'm going to play one of these ones instead of the 300 that I have on my. I'm always drawn more to the physical media than I am to the digital emulated anything I'd rather because for me, part of the experience is hell my Neo Geo cabinet. I still have it set to quarters, like not because I want to make it hard to play it, but that tactile sure. sensation of dropping that token into that slot, hearing it fall through and hearing the token, you know, register. That's part of the experience. You know, and I, I kind of want to recreate that for my kids or honestly, anybody who comes over to my place to hang out, they're like, oh man, yeah, I, I remember playing Neo Geo when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, well, go relive your childhood. Go have that little slice for that moment. Go recapture that. You're not emulating it. You're not like synthesizing it. You're literally going to go up to the, and it, here's a quarter, you know, and pop it in there. And if, you die, I'll open the thing up and we'll pull a bunch of cords. As long as you got your homework done and you ate all that was on your plate. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, thinking about uh, the concept of like, you know, that concept of being a nerd, right? And like, you know, it's unquestionable. All of us are fucking dorks. But no matter what, there's always a level that's way worse than you. So what I will say and this is nothing against these people, but <laughs> there are video game people. You have tabletop people. You know who I think are like the cream of the crop nerd? Like you can't get fucking worse Star than Trek. this. <laughs> pinball people. Pinball? I think 
and I, I think pin, I think it's cool. I like playing pinball. I love pinball. But people that are like super into like the nerdy nuances of how different pinball machines work, like that is next level dork that goes way beyond because like there's so much like other things where it's like oh like elements of Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering can remind me of video games or movies that I played. But like pinball it's like so it's like scientific and mathematic in terms of like the layout of the way that the table is and like getting your shots. It's like the nerdiest of the nerd as far Some as I'm concerned. Math shit right there. If it's anybody almost- out there's a pinball dude I would love to have you on. You could talk to me about pinball stuff, but I just feel like it's the dorkiest shit, but not in a negative way. I just feel like I that agree. is like, sure. I also feel like even being at places like Nagfest, where like you have, they have all like the pinball tournaments and the pinball stuff set up. Like people will be like hoarding pinball cabinets way harder than anything else with the exception of like Japanese rhythm games. Yeah. All of our friends and replay effects are going to see this now and be so <laughs> no i think it's fucking cool i'm just saying no, it's like amazing pinball like, people like are fucking like pinball people and japanese rhythm game people but japanese rhythm game people i don't i can't even wrap my head around i feel that. like there's this crazy like ego rock star thing that goes into like people that are really good at japanese rhythm games but i don't feel like that's so much the case with pinball i feel like pinball is like a very like individual just like nerdy understanding of how the table works well, I could be wrong, but this is my like, outsider observant. Yeah, it's it. almost actually pinball is my next. It's my next. That's what you want. Goal is I, you I, want, I, you're I almost a fucking dork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in the little bit I understand about it, it, it it's it like almost crosses that threshold of like from video game to sport because it's a physical thing, right? It's not like this these pixels on a screen with these scripted movements and. You know, it, it's a physical ball in a geogra- geometric space that, you know, you can physically sure. interact with, not just by hitting the flippers, Bump but by bumping shit. it. But like, well, that's the thing is like, I know, I don't, I don't know how like, uh, okay. Bumping cabinets. Is, oh, it's absolutely part of the game, but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of like the fawns and happy days <laughs> bumping shit, <laughs> <Right>. but, uh, <laughs> Even outside of that, you have a thing where it's like, you know, every cabinet is might be angled slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Oh, the pins are absolutely you every know, pin every, is different. Every fucking flipper hits on a different velocity. Mm-hmm. Pin different pinballs might sure. have different weights. And there's like all of these nuances and stuff that I fully get, but I don't know enough about it. Well, and there's the a fa- whole deeper aspect bumper dust. Bumper dust is a thing. And like I never realized that. And like as I started researching it and learning more and talking to guys in the who were into it, they're like, oh yeah, bumper dust is a thing. I'm like, what do you mean like what is bumper hashtag dust? Hashtag bumper dust. Like I have an idea, but please clarify. It's literally <laughs> dust that comes off of all the rubber parts and off of the bumpers from hitting the ball and the movement. And that the, affects the, the, the traveling of, of the ball. It, it it affects everything. Yeah, it affects the yeah. way the bumpers work. It affects the way the ball travels. Yeah, dorks, right? You're the That's priority. what I'm talking about. Like this kind of shit is <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about. That's some NASA Again, level shit, not right there. in not in a negative way, but that's just like next level deep nerd yeah. shit. Yeah. When like you really get into it, people that are in the pinball are just on a whole different yeah. level than like, oh well, like you know, understanding like the delay and controls on a well, certain video you, game. Like if you watch somebody who's playing an arcade cabinet, if they're playing fu- like Street Fighter, we'll use Street Fighter because it's a competitive game, right? I don't care how much hip action that dude gets into the arcade cabinet. It actually doesn't affect the game yeah, at all. It's just the same. But if you sit there and watch somebody who's playing a pin and they're moving and they're buying, they're actually influencing that game, that play session. Sure. You know, so it's like, Completely, you're right. It's a completely different it's like level. Watching Steven Tyler it's, up there, they're not really. They're adjacent, but they they couldn't be more different. Yeah. So, but yeah, pinballs. It yeah, it's this whole animal own own entity. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole different beast. I like pinball, but I just like the whole concept of like understanding what makes somebody a good pinball player. Lots of hip action. I just I. <laughs> I don't know. I I know absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, you should come to replay and watch. Like replay effects is insane. Like they have 
a massive floor. Of Which pins. you should have those dudes on here. You, you should. They're, they're, they're Fred Cochran. They're good. They're good. Do you people. know them? Yes, personally. I know them. I know their techs. I know them. They're good people. Um, so yeah, we can set it up. That would be fun. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you can go there. You can watch just a sea of people play pinball, and everybody's kind of like got their own style about it. You know um, what's so funny is like I've gone out of my way so many times to drive fucking six hours to go to MAGFest and I haven't gone to one replay of this right here. I could walk to that convention center from my house. I could ride my bike there in five minutes and yeah. I haven't gone. You should go. It's absolutely worth it. Even if you don't want to play video games, just the amount of sounds you could sample. I think the problem with me is it, it's just like this has nothing to do. I don't want to talk too much about myself, but I feel like I always have to like schedule things. And if it's something that's like here, it's like, ah, eh, well, if I'm around, I'll go. But you have four days. Yeah, I know. I'm a busy guy. I'm busy talking to people about going to things instead of actually going to That's them, true. apparently. I haven't been yet either, Brian. Oh, really? We're both fucking up. Let's go to the next replay. We should. Together. We should. <laughs> okay. We should. All right. I've gone every year for the last three years. I think it's one of those things that, like, and this is a big problem with the local music scene that I'm catching. I think once it's not that people don't want to go to replay effects and it's not necessarily that people don't want to go see gray walker or go see sykes or go see insert another local band of somebody that's sitting at the table Bethlehem, sure whatever <laughs> fuck them um <laughs> it's not that people don't want to go see them it's just that you live here so you kind of take it for granted and they play right. a show and it's like, well, I'll go next time. Mm -hmm. I'll go to replay next year. I'll see Gray Walker next time they Same play. Same Steel City Con, right? And then, the, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Even with us, it's like, oh, they'll have another meetup. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know? you know, fucking five years later, you're saying the same thing. And it's like, oh, wait, am I actually going to go or am what I just you? saying that? Meanwhile, we'll fucking plan, you know, a half a year in advance to drive to fucking Maryland to go to MAGFest. Who when, wants like, to go to Maryland? MAGFest is way more fun than I think Replay Effects. <laughs> but you've never been to Replay. I've, I've, I, you've never been right. to Replay. It's not the same. I feel like... You're right. They're different events. But I will say, I didn't go to the last MAGFest, MAGFest but I went to the five before that. Yeah. And I feel like it, it got less fun over the years. I don't know if it was just because like the novelty wore off over time. That's what it is. Or if it was like a mixture of the novelty wearing off and like the event in general just becoming more crowded. Because every time that I went, it was more and more people. It's, it's not easy to go to MAGFest, actually. <laughs> it's a headache. I've actually it's, never it's made a, it. to MAGFest. It's a hassle. So. It's, it's a, it's a headache at this now. point. It's way more of a headache. That's the other fun. problem, too, in terms of like actually like getting a good place to stay. And if I wasn't sure. going with Bethlehem, then... like. You saw how we had to stay the one year off, off site, and then if you don't want to stay off off site, then it's not even worth it going at all. So, yeah. and I don't know how other conventions are. I don't know how replay is for people coming out of. I'm sure town. it's not a big deal. Yeah. There's a ton of hotels in town now, so I mean, they they just book up town. Yeah, well, I think that that's the the issue with Magfest is that it's in an area that's very similar to the waterfront. Where there's only a couple hotels, and then outside of that area, there's absolutely nothing. It's all, you know, parkways where you're going five, ten minutes to get to some, you know, area that's not necessarily there. <clears throat> and if you're going to a convention like that, like, what is the fun in going to something where it's like, oh, we have to go in the morning and we can't just go back to the hotel in the middle of the day to either drop stuff off or right. take a break or take a shit, you know, like to do those things. If you're going the hotel to hotel experience is kind of part of the experience. If you want, if you're all part of the, if experience. you're going to like a, 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 you know, you're at a convention for three or four days, yeah, you need to be walking distance from your hotel. Otherwise, it's just huge burden, too much extra bullshit. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, well, that's nice thing about replays. You're nice, nice and close. Yeah, I guess so. Here I am boosting replay. I've yeah. just been dropping the ball on going. That's <laughs> well, literally it. That's was, all it is. I was just gonna say, you know, speaking of like conventions and stuff, like we uh we have done conventions yeah. in the past. Yeah, we've um, done uh Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Con uh twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. We before took that it. we did PRG yep, Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Expo. So, um, yeah, we him and I, Brian and I started 
uh, our our group and stuff and started doing meetups and eventually started doing smaller conventions. And uh, we haven't done a convention in a little while, but we are in the process of we're working planning on a convention, another convention right now. Yep. Yeah, life. Call it a, a convention. It's not quite. It's not replay level. It's not MAGFest, it's not Magfest or, level, or anything. But but I think it's more. What, what's nice about what we do is it's different from replay and Magfest. It's more. You're right over there. Yes. <laughs> it's like I was like, why is like, he talking about giving head now, to the microphone? Yeah, now I understand why you only <laughs> let him play an instrument and not deal with the microphone. <laughs> um, but I mean, what's nice about it, our event, I think, compared to other events, is it is smaller. It's more intimate, um, and it's it's more of a collector driven event. Um, whereas a lot of other events, they have their main goal, like replay's main purpose is pinball, and secondary to that is the arcade cabinets, and then then they fill the rest of the space in with vendors, which yeah. is not uncommon. Whereas we kind of take the opposite approach to it. We approach it from the enthusiasts uh desire to try and get new things for their collection or uh maybe a game that they've been wanting to play if they're not a collector but it's something they've wanted to play um or find people to play tabletop games with and it's more of a social experience in the sense that we grew this from meetups right you yeah. know i mean the first one we ever did was at a store that is probably only like twice Phil. the size of your studio. Yeah, real small. Uh, yeah, real small at uh, Game Masters on Babcock Boulevard. That's where we did it. Um, tabletop. We, we yeah, all tabletop, no video games at all. That's what he does. Um, and we kind of took that philosophy of what made that work into every consecutive event, but just kept scaling up because it was a necessity to scale up. Um, and so that's what we kind of want to bring back to um, this when we relaunch what we're doing. Um, we are going to go back to the PRGX moniker, um, and we're going to uh, bring that, I don't want to say fresh energy. because back from the heart kind familiar, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Know? Very grassroots oriented. Um, there are surprisingly a lot of div- uh, people who have, input and influence on the retro gaming industry right here in Pittsburgh. And we want to give them an opportunity to get out there and mingle with the local community so that local people, I mean, Pittsburghers love supporting Pittsburgh driven things. So we would have given them the opportunity to do that. And I don't think a lot of these people even know that the people that are involved in these things are from Pittsburgh. Heck, we didn't even know. Alex was telling us oh, the yeah. other day at our last learned, staff learned meeting new things. that he's in, he was involved in um, the limited run game reproduction of the Nintendo 64 Star Wars cartridges. Mm-hmm. Kind of pushing that forward. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have a way to get a hold of the cartridges, they, and they wanted to do these physical carts. So due to a contact that he had, they reached out to him, and he's like, I got you. I can get you all the specs for those cartridges so you can reproduce them. And now people all over the country have had a chance to get hold of reproduction cards because of something going on here in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, you have them, you have our friends over at cash and culture who are involved with the development of the uh, Halloween games, haunted Halloween games. Shout out Tim Hartman. He's a big gray Walker fan too. Yeah. Just a ton of stuff. like (laughs) (laughs) Just a ton of stuff like that going on in this, you know, here um and a lot of tabletop going on too and we take it for granted um i talked to my friends um from all over the country my two of my buddies who we just did the 24-hour gaming marathon for uh, children's miracle network we did 24 hours a consistent consecutive playthrough of dungeons and dragons uh out of the abyss module and my buddy ed who ran it is from toledo ohio and when they come in, one of the things we want to, they want to do is go to all the different tabletop stores because they have two. Whereas we take for granted we have like six mm-hmm. in the, the, the city area of Pittsburgh. So there's a heavy concentration of that. And that's what we want to tap into. We want to kind of like reinforce the fact that we have.
have a very strong community here that's involved in that stuff. Whereas like your bigger shows like like Replay and Steel City Con, they're very much national shows. Our whole idea from the beginning was just bringing people together. And at, at the heart of it, that's what it is. It's yeah. just bringing all the people just together in, in one way or another. It, it's going to change. It's going to morph. Um, it, we've been more video game centric leading up to this point, but with the resurgence of tabletop gaming, which is always kind of been something we wanted to bring more attention to. I think that'll become more part of it. It won't, I don't think it'll ever overshadow the video game part of it, but I think it'll definitely gain more footing. Um, and we want it to, you know, uh, we want to be a facilitator of helping people get into that hobby. So that's my hope is that, you know, it grows from there and uh, we get more people into it and maybe get more, younger people into it so they're not just like oh well video games are all about graphics and frames per second you know and what your rewards are and your kill count and stuff like that and maybe get more into like the nuance of it like we were talking about earlier with like the art and the music and things like that so i mean that's for me i don't know yeah we're just gonna keep trying to as much as people want it you know keep doing what we're doing from the beginning, we we did what we thought people wanted. There should be a place where we can all get together and talk about these things. And right. then we built that, and then it was, oh, well, we need a place in person where we can talk about this stuff. Okay, so we built that. And then now we've kind of at a place where this, we're just kind of going to go where... Yeah, we never planned on having events. That was never the goal here. The The original goal was... Hey, I collect video games. You collect video games. There's all these national and regional groups for collecting video games. Why don't we start one for the Pittsburgh tri-state area? And we did it. And then once we did it, we noticed the demand. People were like, we need to have an event. And we're like, well, we should probably get in front of this as opposed to allowing it to kind of pass us by. So we did it. And then the next event was we should do it. You should do it at a convention. No, it wasn't even like us generating the idea. It was the community being, we want a convention. It's like, sure. crap, now we got to do a convention. And so, so long as the community wants it, we'll keep doing it because that's the only reason why we started doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even said that, I said that at our last meeting, uh, working on this new convention of is, does it make sense to continue doing something if the community doesn't want it. So, so long as the community wants it, we'll keep doing it. So now I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And that's, you know, super parallel to a lot of local music where everything, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, there's a big part of this where it's, it's almost impossible to continue doing this if there isn't that selfish desire, but there's no money in it. Simultaneously, it's, <laughs> it's completely worthless to continue <laughs> yes. doing it if yes. there aren't people that want to engage yeah. with it. So it's like you simultaneously have to be incredibly selfish, yeah. but have a demographic of people that are also hungry for Which it. Which I think we are aware of all of the above. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything that we've done to this point has been 100% community driven. You know, because whenever we started doing events, the first one we did, we didn't charge anything. It's not like we have like a big name where people from California are like, oh, do you know about PRG happening? You know, this is all. And if they like, see PRG, they're probably thinking Portland retro gaming. Portland, Portland yeah. <laughs> they're not thinking Pittsburgh retro gaming. Um, but, you know, even their show started similarly. You know, it was just a small flea market swap meet type show and it's grown into something huge. Well, sure. It's argue. And the other thing that's arguable about like a lot of the West Coast communities is that they have better retro communities because a lot of the companies were in those areas right. to begin with. You know, that, that whole Northwest Portland, Seattle area, or if it's like, you know, Southern California, there was a lot of companies that were already had facilities in those areas in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, but they didn't have the Sega Channel first uh, demographic like we did. <laughs> so That's right. And TurboGrafx-16 well, launched in well, New York. Well, maybe that maybe that's why I'm such a Sega nerd because I, I, I'm like one of the few people that I know that actually played you Sega did? Channel. You had Sega Channel? I didn't have it. My... The upstairs neighbor from my dad had Sega Channel. Tapped into it. He was like, hey, 
I didn't, I didn't tap into it, but I mean, <laughs> we hung out and that's actually who I, uh, so his name was Philip and I don't remember the dad's name, but the both of them played, they both were gamers together and the dad and the son played magic together too. And that's who I would go on like out of state magic tournaments cool. with was oh. them. Cause like I would play magic with them and Sega channel and stuff. And like my dad would let me go to magic tournaments with them and stuff like that. So that was like where a lot of that this whole thing cool. came from. All right. So, so a question for you. If you had to play one game. Okay. And you only had one game to play for the rest of your life. What would it be? Hmm. I have two answers. Okay. Two answers. Um, answer one, if I had one game and I could only play it the rest of my life. The first answer? It doesn't have to be a video game. The, okay. All right. Okay. Well, then I'm going to change. I'm gonna, I'll change my answer then. <laughs> So if if I had to play something the rest of my life, it would probably I'd probably get back into Magic the Gathering. Um or Tetris. Uh the other wild card Tetris in there. Never gets old. The other wild card in there, fuck you. It never gets old. I love Tetris. That's what I said it never gets old. <laughs> oh, I thought you said it gets old. No, it never gets old. Sorry. <laughs> Eat them blocks, big boy. Um I would probably say it's hard because there's like so many rpgs and i want to be like oh like final fantasy 7 but like i completed the fuck out of that when i was in middle school so like what the fuck am i gonna do with it now and then it starts start i start thinking about like rpgs that i never got to finish like yeah. xenogears or brave fencer musashi but i'm not gonna play that for the rest of my fucking no. life so like i have no idea it would probably be something like Magic the Gathering where like there's endless abilities to always have different games because of the decks that you build. But also something with Magic the Gathering also comes with like, well, what access to cards do I have? And do I have access to other people to play with? Because I can't do solitaire Magic the Gathering, which if you want to hear something fucking really sad, there was a point in my life where I did not definitely have enough friends. So I used to test out decks <laughs> on myself playing solitaire Magic the around. Gathering. Okay, now I'll play this. That move is some that's sad shit. Bro, I would fucking play solitaire Magic the <laughs> Gathering and listen to Fear Factory by myself <laughs> as a fucking 10-year-old kid, which makes me probably one of the coolest fucking people on the planet, but... Here I am now. I'm just sitting here with these fucking jagoffs. Nah, you guys are I great. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't hate that at all. I love Fear Factory. Yeah, no, I absolutely had a Fear Factory album as a kid too. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely did. Well, I'm, I'm happy now that all these years later, I finally found people to to be with. I'd have played Magic with you. I feel like that's the interesting Poorly. thing. I feel like you either. I just thought about this. You either you have. People that either in like grade school and middle school have it all, and then as adults they seem to get super isolated, or like you're super like solitary as a child, and then as you get older you just get more and more friends. Well, I think I don't know. Like I think we we've arrived at a point where it's like we've been into what we're into for so long. We're just like fuck it. Like I don't I don't care. I fly that flag high. I don't really worry about people find out that I'm into video games. I mean, among my colleagues and stuff, I'm known to be like one of the guys who's into that. I have guys come to me all the time like, hey, uh, do you know somebody that could fix my Sega Genesis? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely I do. You know, you could have just asked me during whatever. It's like, and you could tell they're kind of like, well, I didn't want to ask you in front of everybody. And I'm like, why not? Like, you don't think everybody else in this room played video games as a kid? Of course they did, you know, um, and I, I think that's the difference is that you get so used to having to become comfortable with yourself because your hobbies and your interests kind of isolated you. You eventually hopefully get to a point where you're just like, I don't give a shit and and not giving a shit. You open yourself up and you find other people who are into that stuff and you get to kind of really embrace that. Yeah. You know? Um and that's definitely been the case for me with video games and tabletop stuff. I hadn't played Dungeons and Dragons in 20 years. And then thanks to like starting PRG and growing this community, I was able to kind of push that interest out a little bit more. 
And now I have, I'm at the point now where I have to turn people away from playing Dungeons and Dragons because there's just not enough room at the table. <laughs> and I'm playing in two separate games. Fucking, fucking nerdy ass here. dungeon master over here. <laughs> Hell yeah, boy. But you're right though. Like, and that comfort with those things, I think attracts other people too. It's like, he's really comfortable with whatever it is he's into. I want to check that out. Sure. You know, and you become a bit of a, you know, spokesperson for that interest. So. Hell yeah. Well, with all of this being said, I think it's a good opportunity for us to wrap up one more time. Plug that event on the 28th. This and, event that this episode will definitely be up before. Yeah, definitely <laughs> up before Import <laughs> Gamer Holiday, which is going to be on December 28th, 28th at Retrograde Collectibles on Library Road in Castle Shannon. Yep, and you can find Battery Exhausted. And you can find all the details um, for the hours and everything and, and on the our updates. Facebook. On our Facebook, which is Pittsburgh Retro Gaming, and our Twitter and Instagram, which are all listed on our public page on Pittsburgh Retro Gaming. Which I'm sure Sykes will be kind enough to share the links. Never. (laughs) (laughs) And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Wiz, Colt 45. Thanks, Brian. Pittsburgh Retro Gaming in the house. Thanks for being here. Had a black. I could fucking talk with you guys for four fucking hours about so much shit. We can bring a video. We can bring a console next time. Well, I had thought about like having emulators queued up so we could play them on the TV because I totally could have done that, but I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to fucking overcomplicate the situation. Next time. Next time. I gotta pee again. <laughs> All right, this boy has to pee, but I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. Two thousand and night. Yes. 19. For, for this, a little bit longer. this will be up this month, I promise. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, Hopefully. 2019. What do I do? Oh, I know what happens next. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening, and we are done. <laughs>